Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life. And for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. Today we're going to speak with a National Football League champion who's launched a consulting business with a focus on corporate culture development. We'll talk about the impact of his work, especially as it relates to the M&A market. But before we do that, let's hear from our show sponsor, Sunbelt Business Advisors. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here today with Ben Utek, Super Bowl champion and winner of the Tony Dungy Award for Servant Leadership. Ben, welcome to Poised for Exit. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. There's a lot that we could be talking about when it comes to culture, especially yes. today. Uh, we're going to try and focus a little bit on the M&A market, right, and how that relates um, to growth and enterprise value, bringing companies together, uh, all of that good stuff, yeah. right, and your new role with True North. We're going to talk about that as well. But before we do that, I would like to have you just share with our listeners a little bit about your story. You know, you, sure. you're a star athlete in so many ways and have been. And now here you are, um, shift into corporate culture and all of that kind of work, which is so exciting. Yes, so. what a shift. Well, first, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Uh, I was so excited uh, when we had a chance to meet recently and just the synergies and really, you know, how you kind of brought what I'm doing into a, a totally new industry. And just, you know, I think some of the things that we're going to talk about today are, are really exciting for, for M&A. You know, I'm a, I'm a small town Minnesota boy. I grew mm. up uh, in Hastings, right on the Mississippi. Mm. Um, it was a, it was an awesome, it was an awesome place to grow up, hardworking people. Mm. Um, and we had such a strong sports culture mm. in Hastings at the time. And my senior year was pretty talented. We had, we had five, um, five young men go to the University of Minnesota yeah. on full scholarship, three for hockey, one for basketball, myself for football. And to be honest with you, I always wanted to be a gopher. And so it was great um, being able to play in front of my family and friends uh, in the state that I love and to be a part of bringing that, you know, University of Minnesota football culture back into a bowl contending platform. And we were able mm -hmm. to do that with Coach Mason and, and the great talent that we had. And that led me into the NFL. I had uh, seven seasons, uh, four with the Indianapolis Colts, and mm -hmm. I went on to play with the Cincinnati Bengals, 
was blessed to be on a Super Bowl championship team in 2006, uh, where we beat the Chicago Bears. Um, mm-hmm. And really, all of my passion for culture and leadership came out of experiencing a radical coaching style uh, called servant leadership out of Tony Dungy, the first to use that coaching style and win a world championship. Mm. And so um, we'll get into some of that. But, uh, you know, went on to, to Cincinnati. It was my opportunity to be a, a breakout star tight end in the NFL. And unfortunately, it ended due to uh, a fifth documented concussion mm. and started having some issues with with memory, with cognition. And, and we just had our first daughter. So my wife and I decided it was it was time to walk away from the game. I love to play, yeah. but you know you come to that fork in the road, and you have to you have to remind yourself that it's that it's it's about how you get up, right? It's not right. not just about how you get knocked down, which you do get knocked down in football a lot, <laughs> right? But how do you get back up? And and that opportunity really allowed me to focus on other passions. I was a professional singer at the time that had a, a, a contract in Nashville, so I was mm. pursuing music. But also, uh, my degree was in public speaking. My dad was a pastor. I grew up watching him in front of people and using the power of words to inspire. And mm-hmm. that was just transformative for me. And so I wanted to do the same thing. Uh, and experiencing that that unique leadership platform and culture platform in Indianapolis with Coach Dungey, uh, and taking the passion that I gained from from my degree in college and from my experience learning from and being mentored by someone like my father, um, it just all came together at the right time. And so I began pr- performing on stage uh, musically, but also really began um, creating this platform for championship culture and championship leader through a purpose-driven servant leadership mindset and uh, was was really welcomed into the corporate community quickly. And that, that mm. really set off on the last 10 years of, of growth. And, you know, music is tough. Entertainment is really tough yeah. uh, to, you know, to, to make a living in. But I just started finding my way into um, the profound impact that, you know, chosen culture and ch- chosen leadership can have on improving the human condition at work, you know, filling people with value and purpose so that they give you your they give you your best. That's a, that's what great football coaches do. Yes. You know, they don't they don't and can't demand respect. You only earn respect. Right. And you earn respect from your players when you give them a culture that makes them feel important, valuable, uh, purpose driven, then they'll give you their hearts. Right. And now you've got, you know, You've got uh, a, a team that can cannot be dismantled. So, in a nutshell, that's kind of my story. I'm mm. most importantly, um, uh, I married my my college sweetheart, Karen, who was the captain of the women's golf team. Mm. And my greatest lesson in humility, because I will never win. <laughs> and so, um, she was Miss Minnesota. I totally married uh, up and out of my league, and she's blessed me with four incredible daughters. And you, you don't. You, you learn more about culture and leadership um, having to be a father to four incredible young women. So I'm, I'm a blessed man. I'm, I'm really excited to be here and speaking uh, with you today. Fantastic. Wow, lots uh, to go on there. Um, leadership comes to mind. You know, like you said, you, you learned a lot about that from the example that your father gave you. Um, but it seems to me that 
that it resonated with you, and that doesn't resonate with everyone, mm. okay? And then uh, as you become, you know, famous in sports, in in professional sports, and then becoming a winner of, a, of an award from Tony Dungy, my gosh. So servant leadership, you know, we hear about that, right? But what does it really mean? Mm. You know, I loved what you said about not demanding respect, but earning it. Mm-hmm. Very important. But there's also a values alignment, oh, yeah. right? It has to resonate. It has to resonate. And so then you got to ask, you know, some some of those questions. Well, how do you resonate? Um, there's a lot of applications, you know, that that come out of servant leadership, but in its simplest form, um, servant leadership is about putting the needs of others first. Mm-hmm. And so when you make decisions, um, whether it's on a sports field or whether it's in a strategic plan in a company, mm-hmm. um, what are what are leading and guiding those decisions? And in servant leadership in football, um, and maybe you've heard this with PJ Fleck because this is his this is his language as well. If you build better men, you get better football players. Yes. And when you say it out loud, it, it it's it's actually pretty much common sense. It is, isn't it? And so um, it's equally as true in in the corporate industry, right? Every company consists of human beings, mm-hmm. and human beings uh, bring with them every day uh, a belief system that guides their behaviors and actions, and. That gives us an opportunity as leaders to tap into something incredibly powerful. And if we can create a belief system that unifies and positively engages everybody together as a team, mm-hmm. um, then your output is going to be that much, you know, that much more intentional and and more powerful, ultimately having an effect on on your bottom line. And so that that is really kind of the foundation of what really gets me excited about servant leadership is is really not just writing a mission, vision, value statement that talks about, you know, certain qualities like integrity or character, but actually living those out, actually practicing those and doing it with people as your priority. And if you do that, watch out. Well, I think that when you expect great things from people, people will rise to the occasion and deliver great things. If we only expect C-average and that's how we treat people. Mm-hmm. Then that's what we're going to get, right? Yeah, I think I think there's I think there's definitely truth in that. And so, so then you have to ask the question, how, right? So mm-hmm. the way I define culture is uh, what you believe, why you believe, and how you behave, right? And that is what creates culture. And you'll have a culture in every company, either by design or default, right? So why not design it? Why not choose it? Why not materialize it? Why not make it into a system that actually enables people um, to reach their potential and to do their best? Because the system actually supports them in doing that. You know, it's one thing to ask. It's one thing to ask um, your employees to. Um, we're we're going to be a company that practices humility. So mm-hmm. go be humble. Well, how how do you actually expect people to to just go and do when they they might not even completely understand the why, sure, and they most certainly don't understand how, and so that there is where the system comes in and mm. becomes really powerful, right? You know, defining what you believe, why you believe it, and then how do you practice it, right? How do you develop it? Yes, that's one thing, Julie. That's so 
And make it your own. And make it your own. Yes. And it's one thing that's so different about sports and business. There's so many crossovers that I love connecting the dots whenever I have a chance to speak. Um, but here's one um, major difference. In sports, you practice 95% of the time mm. in order to perform 5% of the time. In business, you perform 99% of the time, and you maybe get 1% of practice, right? You get to go to a conference a year mm. or uh, a leadership development event a year. There's not much happening um, in the consistent development of people. Now, some companies actually do it really well, and you see the results of that. But that is one major difference between the two. And so part of what I do as a chief culture officer is build out the system of how. Okay. How can we practice, how can we touch on culture and leadership every day in our organizations mm -hmm. uh, so that people can actually be developed while they're working, while they're performing? There's a lot of ways to do that from learning management systems to, um, you know, to even, uh, it's really cool because there's kind of this movement of, of the power of corporate huddles. Yes. There's opportunities to just create a, a culture of the huddle throughout a day where you can just gather with teams yeah. briefly yes. and touch on on development opportunities. And and if you do this stuff, if you practice this consistently, that's where you start to, mm -hmm. to build upon the, the chosen culture that you desire as a company. Those are the kinds of practices that I uh, strongly encourage my clients to do on a regular basis. Awesome. Um, and, and you know, from a culture standpoint, that's a perfect reason to do it. Um, most of the time, I'm thinking from a tactical standpoint. You know, when they're super busy and communication is breaking down, you guys got to get together for a stand-up or a huddle. You don't need to sit down because you'll sit there too long. You know, right. <laughs> make sure it's just, like you said, you gather up everybody and, and talk about the burning issues of, of the moment yeah. um, and break in 10 minutes, exactly. right, or yep. 15, whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. love it. So let's talk about how culture and, and the focus of it impacts mergers and acquisitions. Well, um, this was really cool because a lot of this came out of our first conversation. Mm. And you opened my mind, um, in, you know, to ways that, um, you know, this perspective and, and especially the, the, the technology tools yes. that I'm working with that I just think are incredibly profound, how they could actually... Um, do a number of things uh, within the M and A industry. Absolutely. So when you're when you're trying, to, well, let, let's talk about that for a second. So one of the companies that I'm a chief culture officer in is a company called Behavioral Essentials, mm -hmm. and uh, this is in partnership with um, now a dear friend, uh, Rick Braden. And you know, Rick uh, started his career in clinical psychology, but over 30 years developed this powerful suite of tools that focus on uh, hiring the right people uh, and Mm. developing leadership yes. and also being able to identify and benchmark organizational culture. And out of those behavioral benchmarks, you're able to identify the core beliefs associated with those behaviors. So you're actually able to help a company in real time, fully automated, understand what their core belief system is that is guiding their key behaviors mm. of their board, their leaders. Um, it's really exciting stuff. Okay. Very exciting. So that's where th that technology is, is, is what we're using here. And when you and I went through that, I think we discovered 
wow, this not only could this provide more value uh, for for companies who are wanting to to sell or wanting to move on um, from a hiring perspective, from a development perspective, right? Because mm-hmm. you are automatically increase the value of that organization when they bring a, a system in that has benchmarked their hiring process. Absolutely, right? Absolutely. And, and so it's it has it's having a massive effect on 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 revenue because you're you're really you're you're focusing on bringing the right talent in and they can hit the ground running, especially in departments like sales. Yes. And then I thought it was really cool when you, when we went through that culture benchmark and you were like, oh my goodness, this could be profound because, you know, when, when you're working with exit planning on small businesses, these are people that have devoted their entire lives and their assets, mm-hmm. their heart is, they are the heartbeat of this organization. Right. Yeah, and, and you kind of, uh, enlighten me to that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy process, you know, for, for some to go through that acquisitional process. Right. And no. they really want to find someone that is going to continue the legacy that they've given so much to. Mm-hmm. And that's when the light bulb, I think, went off, went off for you and I is not only could you identify the culture mm-hmm. benchmark for the company who is looking to sell, but you could then also assess the, the benchmark, the culture benchmark for the company who's looking to purchase. Yes. And you can then discover whether or not there's alignment between the core beliefs yes. and behaviors of the organizations. And that would help, I think, really provide a, a powerful insight into whether or not this is a, a relationship you want to continue to pursue. Absolutely. 150%. Um, I think we also talked about the failure of integrations, right? Mm, yes, um, whether it's right. a merger situation or whether you're, you know, you're acquiring a company, you're still going to, you still have to integrate, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a merger or it's an acquisition. Yes. And culture many times is left like last on the list or back burner, right. or maybe not even on the burner, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, the focus is on the numbers, and that's, of course, very important. But if the two don't mesh, um, the failure rate's going to be pretty high as, as a result, and, and that's definitely the case. So anybody out there who's listening, who's in the M&A space, uh, especially when it comes to integrations, you're definitely going to want to connect with Ben and talk further about this because it really does make a huge difference. Well, absolutely. I mean, it's... It, you know, one of the thing that, things that, that the technology does is it just helps you build deeper and more meaningful relationships mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, one of the things that I think everyone everyone in business struggles with is this idea that vulnerability um, is actually uh, a key skill in performance improvement. Mm-hmm. Because as a speaker, I've always said, and what I learned especially from my dad was, Vulnerability equals connectivity, right? Mm. If you want to grow, um, if you want to grow deeper into uh, skill sets like trust, which trust, as we've learned uh, over the last decade, um, has significant impact on so many different uh, operational systems within a company. Mm-hmm. And when uh, a company has stronger trust, mm-hmm. that has a, a major impact on on their bottom line. And so, these are these are not soft skills. These are concrete skills. They truly are. And they're objective skills. I always say that trust can actually be measured, okay? Because if trust is not present, things take longer 
and they cost more. Exactly. Okay. So if it's going to cost you more in time and money, that's measurable. Exactly. Right. Yep. And that's where some of these tech, new technologies and softwares, like the one that we're working with in Behavioral Essentials, is so important because of its automation and because it's of its um, accuracy and effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're able to deliver and begin building platforms like Trust much more quickly in organizations. Um, and that's just that's just going to benefit everyone. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to also um, make mention of the fact that you are now a fractional chief culture officer, right? Yes. For True North m Yes, so excited about Locally it. Locally here, yes, my friends. Yes. So let's talk about that. Well, listen, I, I have had a great relationship with Brian Slipka, uh, at True North Equity Partners for for many years, and we've we've often talked about how uh, are we going to be able to capture this radical culture that True North um, is striving for: purpose driven, servant leadership focused, putting people first, mm-hmm. and 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 trying to do business differently uh, through very specific behaviors. And and it it really kind of came to um, to an opportunity just recently within the last couple of months. And, and so really excited to be a part of, of that team, True North M&A, Sunbelt Business Advisors, Honor Capital, and the list goes on of, of companies underneath the True North Equity Partner umbrella. And, and, and that's really my role. What we've talked about, Julie, today is, uh, I'm here to help them, um, make a culture objective and to help them build, their championship culture, help them understand what their core belief systems are, um, and then define what the, what, you know, they believe, why they believe it and how we practice it in order to improve the human condition at work and build a culture that, um, can have a waterfall effect on everyone who comes in contact with it. And that really all came out. Can you believe it? It came out of a, a Super Bowl locker room with none other than Hall of Fame Coach Tony Dungy. Wow, so, isn't that great? You know, we have the only Super Bowl ring in the history of football to have a belief system engraved in the side of the ring. It's the word faith. Uh, it, it has nothing to do with religion. Um, the acronym is Freedom for All Individuals to Trust and Hope in Each Other. And mm. that was his goal. If I'm going to build a family, i got to get 53 of the most diverse people on the planet to trust and hope in each other. And it resulted in a Super Bowl win. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And... Getting back to the True North uh, position that you now have, I can't, um, uh, I mean, I'm sure, I should say not can't, but I am sure that the work that you're going to do with the advisors from True North, right, the the M&A advisors, the investment Mm -hmm. bankers, Mm -hmm. that the ripple effect of that work that you do with them as a firm is going to affect the clients that they work with. Oh, yes. Right? I mean, I'm sure that that's, you know, one of the objectives, right, is to help them to identify situations where, you know, two companies coming together that they're going to be the quarterback of, Mm -hmm, right, mm -hmm. Um, to be able to identify whether is this a fit or isn't this a fit much sooner, which saves everybody time, everybody money, everybody stress. Yeah, so so really, really good, good far-reaching effects there. Absolutely. Love that. Okay, last thing I wanted to talk about uh, before we wrap up 
in October of this year. I know podcasts live forever, but we're talking in the spring right now. And so in the fall of this year, we are going to have you as our keynote speaker for the Owners Forum. That's awesome. I'm so Can't excited. Can't wait. Yeah. Yes. And so for the listeners out there who have not um, heard about the Owners Forum or are familiar with it, uh, the Exit Planning Institute chapter here in the Twin Cities has conducted Owners Forum events uh, several times over the years, um, primarily focusing the content on transition planning, how to get started, who's involved, why is it important. Um, and you're going to be talking about culture and how it helps to build enterprise value, um, how it affects you know two companies coming together. I think it's going to be amazing. And I'm super looking forward to that, uh, to have you be there for that event yes, here in the Twin you. Cities. Thanks so, for the invite. Absolutely. And we'll be talking more about that in the future. For our listeners, you can, of course, download this episode and all other episodes on the Poised for Exit website at poisedforexit.com. You can also order a copy of the second edition of my book, Poised for Exit. We do appreciate you following and subscribing and listening to the show and sharing it with your friends and colleagues. And we hope that you will join us again next time. Ben, thanks so much for being on the show. We have to do it again. Can't wait. Take care. Thanks.